I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. This is the Game 3 NBA Finals Reaction Podcast, one in which the Miami Heat stunned the Lakers with a 115-104 Wire-to-wire win in Game 3. No Bam, no um, Goran Dragic. You know, they looked dead in the water. Uh, Games 1 and 2, the Lakers were up uh, by double digits for 47 out of the 48 minutes. In those two uh, second halves there, they were clearly um, in cruise control. But Jimmy Butler... (laughs) I mean, look, this should not be any surprise to the Raptors because literally next to LeBron, there was Jimmy Butler who used to dominate the Raptors. I mean, this was like back in the day. Um, you know, we're talking about like 2017, 2018, but like there were some bad Bulls teams in that stretch and Jimmy just used to take over. I mean, there was one game, remember, where Jimmy Butler broke Michael Jordan's record for most points and a half for a Bulls player. Where he scored 40 points in the second half to beat the Raptors. I think Raptors were up. Jimmy Butler started running pick and roll. No one could stop him. And this was reminiscent of that. Jimmy Butler was sensational. This guy had 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. In 45 minutes, the heart that this man showed was incredible. I mean, this man single-handedly matched what LeBron and AD were doing. And actually... I don't even want to put them in the same category because, honestly, you know, as much as I said, look, AD and LeBron were dominating, they were, those guys were not there tonight. But Jimmy Butler was absolutely there. And first off, to be the best player on the floor in a finals game involving AD and LeBron, that is not easy. It's really rare. I don't think it's really happened much in games this year. And Jimmy just kind of set that tone early on. He was aggressive. He was scoring. He was driving hard. He was kicking it out to other players. And he just kept it going. But what really was the difference here was in the fourth quarter, he just took it to another level. Like, literally, the Lakers had nothing, nothing against Jimmy Butler. And you might say to yourself, well, the Lakers have all these big defenders. Um, You know, worst comes to worst, LeBron can guard Jimmy. Wasn't happening. You know, what was actually interesting to me was that LeBron actually was taking on the Butler assignment. Uh... Except it only was in theory because they were switching everything. And LeBron was so eager to get off of Jimmy Butler. Like he was running away from that matchup or something. And, you know, and, and honestly, it wasn't like the switching made a lot of sense. Because, like, you know, who, who are you switching on to? KCP? KCP's too small for Jimmy Butler. You know, who are you switching on to? Markeith Morris? Like, I can't really move laterally, man. Jimmy Butler can get around him, get fouls, get the step back jumper. And honestly, even when Jimmy Butler did guard, was guarded by LeBron. LeBron played pretty good defense. Jimmy still flipped up a little push shot, kind of like chuckled on LeBron's face. I mean, to have the the passion and the audacity to do something like that for Jimmy, so so impressive. Because again, no Goran Dragic, no Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler steps up and does this. I mean, look at that stat line: 40, 11, and thirteen with two steals and two blocks. 
Um, and yeah, you know, primarily it was just in the pick and roll. Now, what the 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 Heat have done a good job of in the last two games because low key they've been successful offensively the last two games. They scored one fourteen in game two. They lost because they were too soft on the on the interior, and the Lakers just overran them and they got one hundred twenty four points. This game one hundred fifteen points for the Heat, and again, a lot of what the Heat have been able to do is put lots of shooting on the floor. And if you notice and you go back and watch some of the Jimmy Butler plays down the stretch and to kind of throughout the game, the Lakers just weren't sending any help. There was no rim protection. So as long as Butler can beat his man or get a shot off uh, or, you know, or get to the rim and, you know, make a move, there was no help coming. And, you've, and the reason for that is because they have played Kelly Olenek extended minutes and Kelly was really good tonight. I mean, he was out playing Anthony Davis and I'll get to that in a second, but um yeah, there was just good shooting all over the floor for the Heat, and it was so it was really, really difficult for the Lakers to use their size. The, the Lakers' size advantage was kind of neutralized. Now, there's other reasons for that as well, but um, Jimmy was just able to attack one-on-one, and again, literally everybody they were putting in his way stopped him. The, you know, usually what I've seen with Butler over the years is that if you put size on him, he has more tr- trouble with that. You know, sometimes you'll see him passing up shots. You know, uh, occasionally when the Lakers were able to rotate at the rim and stuff like that, Jimmy, you know, would pass up a couple of layups and things like that. Um, but for the most part, Jimmy does struggle with size. And, and the one time I really noticed this was, you know, um, last year in 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 the Sixers series, the Raptors put Kawhi Leonard onto Jimmy Butler in Game Seven, and Jimmy had a really quiet Game Seven uh, outside of that one scramble layup he had at the end there, but. Yeah, Kawhi, you know, that size, that physicality really was able to keep Butler under wraps. Now, of course, Kawhi didn't actually guard Butler uh, pretty much for the first six games, maybe occasional possessions. But in Game 7, there was an actual tactical switch. Um, but Butler will struggle against size. I mean, whatever. It's not really a... I mean, everyone struggles against Kawhi. That's not even noteworthy, really. But, um, you know, you even saw it occasionally in this game where, you know, when the, the Lakers did have bigger players on him... Oddly enough, the guy who did the best job against Butler tonight was Kyle Kuzma, who has, you know, you know about two inches on Jimmy Butler, a little bit of length. You know, LeBron is as big as Kuzma. I mean, he's bigger than Kuzma. But, uh, you know, he also did a decent job on Butler. But, uh, again, he was switching off that assignment. And, again, you know, whatever. Maybe the Lakers were just trying to switch, whatever. You know, it, it, there was, there was, that was a strategy. But at the same time, you don't just switch everything, right? And especially with a guy like Butler going off. And you are the leader of your team. You, I'm sh- you would think that a guy like LeBron would want to stick on Butler, but it was really telling to me that LeBron was just passing him off at, at any opportunity. Oh, Caruso's coming. Oh, yeah, let's let's switch that. Oh, oh, KCP's coming. Let's switch that. And I'm thinking about the like again. I don't want to be like a hot take artist, but I'm just saying when you think about the great players out there, you know, like Kawhi's not doing that. Kawhi's not like, oh yeah, Danny Green, come over and switch. Get me, get me, get me, get me off of Jimmy Butler, like. You know what I mean? Like, the great players take that responsibility. Like, what do you hear about MJ? What do you hear about, you know, even Kobe, even when he, when he got towards the later stages of his career, like, you know, stepping up, taking that defensive assignment on. Obviously, when you get older and LeBron is in year 17, you get it, right? You know, he can get a little tired, whatever. He was carrying this team, right? I'm not saying he played a bad game necessarily, but, um, you know, that's your responsibility. And, again, it's not even necessarily about the legacy. It's so much as about trying to win the game. If you are the best defensive assignment against Jimmy Butler, why are you conceding all these switches? It wasn't like Jimmy Butler was shooting all these threes. Go under the screen. Find a way to not get screen. Anticipate the play. Like, something. And it was it was real shocking to see the how willing LeBron was. It was almost like he was running from that matchup. And it was actually interesting was, at the end of the game, you know, Jimmy was holding the ball, and there was, like, about a second left in the shot clock. 
And LeBron and the, the rest of the Lakers just walked off the floor. They just went straight to the locker room. <laughs> and it was like, it was clearly still time left in the game. Um, Jimmy held the ball until the end. I mean, I, honestly, I would have loved for Jimmy to just run right to the rim and gone for a dunk, considering the fact that all the Lakers just walked off the floor. I don't know what that's about. Um, you know, seems a little bit like sore feelings or anything like that. Um, you know, but it, it, I, I don't know, man. Um, you know, in a game, again, in a finals game involving LeBron and AD, Jimmy Butler thoroughly outplayed those guys. And Jimmy's just a guy you have to respect so much for his heart and his passion and his competitiveness. Because you know what I saw on the other end? Jimmy Butler guarding LeBron. Play after play. And I'm not saying Jimmy Butler's better than LeBron. That's ridiculous. But, you know, a great player, a great competitor. Jimmy Butler taking on an assignment. You don't think LeBron called for screens? Jimmy Butler wasn't getting screened. Jimmy Butler was staying on LeBron. And what did he do in the fourth quarter defensively? Forcing LeBron into two travels. Back-to-back. First off, they're finally calling travels on LeBron, all right? This man's been crab-walking since, like, the Gilbert Arenas days. But finally, all right, they're finally calling travels. Year 17, indeed. But, no, seriously, Jimmy Butler was actually doing a good job guarding LeBron to the point where LeBron, you know, for the second half of the fourth quarter, in the first half, the start of the fourth quarter, the, the Lakers were down. Um, LeBron was involved in a couple of plays. You know, he got to the rim for an and one, got to the rim for a layup. Kicked it out to Marquise Morris for back-to-back corner threes. LeBron was really leading the comeback charge. But then Jimmy Butler checks in, comes on LeBron, and LeBron really wasn't that impactful. You know, there was like one out-of-bounds play where he got to the rim for a dunk. It was kind of a breakdown. Good play run by the Lakers. But, um, you know, you really can't say that over the course of the game. Um, And you look at it, man. Jimmy Butler, this man was exhausted. There was a play where he got fouled, I think, by KCP. Beat him with a spin move. KCP had to foul him. And Butler's just lying down, and you could just see this man, like, drenched in sweat. This guy was pouring sweat. But, I mean, like, you have to, man. 45 minutes, you got to score, you got to rebound, you got to assist, you got to play defense against LeBron the whole time. It's so much respect for Jimmy Butler, man. This, I mean, you know, this, this you could see why Jimmy and, and Kyle Lowry get along. Because those guys are both just, like, mother effort kind of competitors, man. Like, they will fight for everything. And, and they're just... um you know, great players, man. And seriously, I got so much respect for Jimmy. I've, I've always had respect for Jimmy ever since, you know, he led all those random Bulls teams with, like, freaking Nikola Meritich and, like, Doug McDermott and Etuan Moore and Omar Ashik. Like, this guy was on some trash teams, and they would always beat the Raptors, and it was always Jimmy Butler, man. Um, and Jimmy stepped up tonight. He was fantastic. But on the other end, the main reason why the Lakers lost this game was because Anthony Davis was invisible. And I'm not letting LeBron off the hook, man. LeBron, you know, he had eight turnovers. You know, like I mentioned, he was running away from that Butler matchup. Uh, you know, wasn't really impacting the game as much as you would expect LeBron to in a, in a close game. It looked like LeBron was running out of gas. But Anthony Davis was just completely missing. This is the thing. The Lakers are a team where you need LeBron and AD to give you 30 every game to win. Like, literally, they need to give you 60 combined points every game to win and what we saw tonight from Anthony Davis was not even close to enough this man was invisible you know you, you talk about LeBron not scoring down the stretch Anthony Davis not even getting a look not even demanding the ball this man was getting guarded by like Kelly Olnick and by the end his confidence was so shot this man would just swing the ball right back no I don't want to go against Kelly Olnick might be the first ever NBA player to say no I'm not going to go against Kelly Olnick definitely the first NBA star to say no I'm not going to go against Kelly Olnick man um Anthony Davis, man, look, look, listen, they started this game 
Um, the Lakers, they tried to really insist it on getting the post-ups going. That put the Lakers in an early hold. The Miami Heat were able to force them into turnovers. The Lakers had nine turnovers in the first seven minutes. The Heat were playing harder. They were more physical. And the Lakers were just trying to go to the post over and over again. They weren't even running offense. They were just trying to spend 14 seconds on the shot clock trying to get Anthony Davis a post-up. Jay Crowder did a really good job against Anthony Davis. Um, but there's no reason why Jay Crowder should be able to shut down Anthony Davis, right? Jay Crowder is giving up like six inches in height in that matchup and like obviously a lot of weight and, and wingspan. But AD was, you know, getting the post fronted. The Lakers were forcing the ball in and the AD committed two fouls. He went to the bench. He committed a third foul. I don't know why the, the, the Lakers didn't uh, challenge the call considering it was clearly a blocking foul on Olenek that got called as a charge. You know, again, a coach like Nick Nurse sees a star player early in the game picking up his third foul. I might have to bench him for the rest of the quarter. Um, let's use that challenge now. That's more of a, you know, to give, like, you wouldn't use your challenge and potentially maybe waste a timeout to give your star player another seven minutes of the game. Like, please, that's very valuable. Um, but for some reason, Frank Vogel does not challenge. Again, it would have been a successful challenge. Olnick was clearly moving. AD picks up his third foul. He sits on the bench. He had... He he had five points and five turnovers at like the halfway mark of this game. This game, he finished. And you know he had a little stretch there. He wanted one putback. He hit a couple of jumpers, and you're like, oh, maybe AD's coming. No, man. This guy only took nine shots. To put nine shots into perspective, man. Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma both took thirteen. Rajon Rondo took eight shots, and Anthony Davis only took nine shots. You would have to say, out of all the guys on the team. At least LeBron's getting guarded by Jimmy Butler. But Anthony Davis, like, he has a perpetual mismatch. Not a single player, especially with Bam out, not a single player in the Miami Heat should be able to guard Anthony Davis. And where the hell was Anthony Davis? This man slinked and retreated and was not there. No aggression, nothing. They couldn't get him the ball. And again, by the fourth quarter, he was just running back and forth. Literally, just running back and forth. Not even getting rebounds. Five rebounds? Really? Anthony Davis, five rebounds? Like, unbelievable effort from him, man. He was just not there. Not there. And minus 26, it's kind of unbelievable. But, um, you know, one of the things with uh, with Anthony is that, like, look, this is something for a young guy. He's going to float in and out of games. Like, we kind of forget that he still is a young player. This is the first time he's made it to the finals. It's the first time he's made a serious playoff run. Let's be honest, man. Uh, you know, New Orleans sweeping the Pelicans, stuff like that. This doesn't really count, right? Um this is the first time, and for, for some of these younger guys, they will float in and out. He got off to a slow start, couldn't establish any rhythm. His coach didn't back him up for the third foul. I don't even think Frank used this challenge all game. I don't know what you're wasting that for. This man looks like Tintin, by the way. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, Anthony Davis, like he just couldn't get a rhythm. And again, you cannot, on this Lakers team, afford for Anthony Davis to disappear. He needs to be a superstar night in and night out. Now, he has done that through the course of the playoffs to the point where he's even in the MVP finals conversation. After a game like this, this man might have to hit like another game winner <laughs> to even get back into that conversation because today he was so invisible. He let the Lakers down. He absolutely let the Lakers down. Um, when you get outplayed by Kelly Olenek, you are completely letting your, your team down. By the end of the fourth quarter, I'm telling you, this man was like Patrick Patterson, man. Literally, no one was looking at him. No one was trying to pass to him. Nothing. He was trying to assert himself. He was just a passenger moving back and forth. And for a guy as great as Anthony Davis, that's not enough. And I'm sure you'll hear in the post-game press conference, Anthony Davis saying something along the lines of, I let my team down tonight. I got to play better. Right? We saw that out of BAM in that Celtic series when he got outplayed by Daniel Tice, which is the equivalent of getting outplayed by Daniel uh, Kelly Olenek. Right? Um... You will probably hear Anthony Davis say he'll play better 
and he'll take be more assertive. I'm sure the Lakers will get him better opportunities, not just force feed him post ups, involve him in the offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and the fact that AD was so ineffective that allowed for two things. One, the Miami Heat were able to stop playing zone. They didn't really play a lot of zone in this game. Uh, they were able to play more man to man, more straight up. Um, you know, and and that, and then also because. AD was not hurting them offensively. That allowed Kelly Olenek to be on the floor a lot more without getting punished. And AD, and then when Olenek's out there, now he's stretching the floor. Now Anthony Davis is stuck. All of a sudden, he's stuck on the perimeter. So he's no one's challenging. So when Jimmy Butler drives in, open lanes. Open lanes. Or he's stuck on Jay Crowder or whoever, right? And all of a sudden, the Lakers' size advantage is completely neutralized now. Uh, and, and that's the thing with AD is that he's so important. He needs to dictate the style of the game. When he's doing what he did in game two, when he did in game one, going to the rim changes absolutely everything. Miami's on their heels. They're in foul trouble. They can't handle their second chance opportunities. But in a game like this, AD was completely invisible. Very, very disappointing performance from a, you know, a, a guy who I know can impact the game as a superstar level. I'm sure he will bounce back, but this is completely an opportunity waste. And then again, this man had... Five turnovers it was a minus 26, only five rebounds. Such a disappointing performance for Anthony Davis. Um, and the thing with the Lakers is just they don't really have the roster composition to make up for AD not being on his best. LeBron, I mean, LeBron had eight turnovers, all right? So that's bad. He missed some free throws. You know, he, he was short on the threes. Again, he looked real tired. But LeBron was still giving contributions, right? This was an acceptable game from LeBron. It wasn't a great game by any means, but... For LeBron, he was still contributing. The thing is, when AD's not there to join him, when it's just LeBron, then yeah, you can beat this Lakers team. Because look at it. They even got above-average performances from Markeith Morris. First off, Markeith Morris outplaying Anthony Davis, unbelievable. But Markeith Morris giving you five threes, even though I think he just looks largely washed in many of these games. But today, he was obviously not. Uh, He was contributing. He was aggressive. And the Lakers were making more of an effort to find Markeith Morris than Anthony Davis. Uh, Kyle Kuzma gives you 19 points as well off the bench. 6 and 13 shooting for Kuzma. Kuzma takes a lot off the table in terms of he makes questionable decisions, but he was aggressive tonight. But that's it. That's it. Like, who else on this team? Look at the Lakers starters. Dwight Howard, okay? I can't even get on Dwight Howard too much because he's a kind of a de facto starter. He'll play in the first and third quarter with the starting five, but then just disappear. If that's the case, then why are you starting him? Um... You know, you, there, there needs to be more of an emphasis on getting Dwight uh, involved or getting the offense glass or something. But um, he didn't really play with that much energy, so I can't blame him. But he only gives you four points. Casey Plea plays 29 minutes, gets abused on defense. Uh, four personal fouls, five points, minus 26. And then Danny Green, everybody's favorite podcaster, gives you a podcaster-esque two points on 0-6 shooting, 0-4 from three. Got two free throws on a generous mid-range foul call. Like, you know, like, that's the thing. The Lakers are real, real, real top-heavy, man. They're real top-heavy. You know, put on the fact that the Rondo wasn't that effective. Now, Rondo's obviously, his effectiveness is going to be dictated based on how much guys can score because he's a distributor. If you ask Rondo to make more shots, he's not really going to do that for you. Uh, you need guys to score. You need guys to leave Rondo. You need them to be open for threes. He can't be taking these pull-up threes. You know he's going to break those. Um but, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. The Lakers just don't have that kind of top-heavy... Like, they, they don't have guys that you can consistently count on. And, and that's why you need AD to be consistent. But, meanwhile, you look at what the Heat were doing. Jimmy Butler carrying the team, right? 
absolutely carrying the team. The Heat led from pretty much start to finish. There's a short stretch there where the Lakers got up, but I was like, man, I would feel so bad for the Heat if they lost this game because the Lakers have played like trash. Um, and the Heat had the composure to come back, even though they you know briefly lost the lead in the fourth. Uh, they were able to reassert themselves and score. Again, Butler was a big proponent of that, but you got guys like Duncan Robinson giving you a late three there. Um, again, because the Lakers weren't that physical and they weren't using their size, Duncan Robinson's defense wasn't as much of a factor. LeBron tried to pick on Duncan a couple of times, but the, the Heat actually did a good job of making Robinson come out to the perimeter, tried to hedge, um, and that's the right idea. The thing is, LeBron is LeBron, and he's going to turn the corner, and he's going to score, so whatever. But Duncan gave them a three. Tyler Hero gave him a couple of late scores. Um, he gave another one of those reverse layups that he's really good at where he drives in from the right side, shows the ball on the right, and then flips it around to the left hand for the reverse layup. Really, really pretty move when he does that. Uh, and then even off the bench, man, Kelly Olenek gave him a lot. And really, what the Heat were able to do was they were able to shift their strategy to playing a lot more offensive players. Because I think the Lakers were so hesitant offensively with some of their bigs, they weren't able to capitalize, right? the Heat were able to actually then put on some of the more offensive players. And again, they were able to just run a lot of their stuff. I mean, it's kind of similar, except, you know, Olenek is popping to the three instead. But, um, you know, you have the five-out kind of system. I mean, it's not even five-out because Butler's really not really the, one of the five that he's going to be out there. He didn't shoot a single three. But um, when there's perfect spacing around Butler and Butler's in the mood, he's going to drive and he's going to score. He's going to get to the free throw line like, you know, the, he just played an amazing game, man. They they played an amazing game. They showed great composure. Um, you know, they got enough off the bench just with Olenek because guys like Solomon Hill or Derek Jones Jr. Or, or Andre Godala, Kendrick Nunn, those guys aren't really contributing today. But Olenek gave them a good game. Hero gave them a good game in the end. Crowder gave them an underrated, really good game based on his defense on Anthony Davis just being mad physical. Anthony Davis, again, could play bet- a lot better, but... You know, he just didn't. So you got to give Crowder a lot of credit. And again, Butler was sensational. And so, and, and you know what? I just, I wonder, man. I wonder. Listen, you cannot give away games. And, and all due respect to the, the Heat, but the Lakers gave away this game. And you cannot give away games in the NBA Finals. You can't give away games in any playoff series, man. You just can't. And for the Lakers to play the way they did, I mean, listen. You know, Bam, maybe he comes back. Who knows? He's missed two games now. Dragic, I highly doubt it. He's literally, uh, there was, you know, I mean, he tore a tendon. I don't can't imagine he plays. But if Bam comes back in, you know, like, I don't know what they're going to do. But, like, you know, the the Heat, they, they, they kept the door open. I mean, I remember, you know, Fred's quote when uh, OG hit the three in game three. When Fred was walking to the locker room and he's saying, they effed up, they effed up. Now, listen, the Celtics ended up winning that game in seven. But the Celtics also should not have gotten that series to seven when they were up 2-0 uh, and were up, you know, two points with 0.5 seconds left in game three. They effed up. And honestly, I don't think the Lakers are going to F up because I think, what, you know, LeBron and AD are just a little bit too good for that. But at the same time, man, I don't know what's going through AD's head, but that was a shameful performance from him. And LeBron is at the age where he, I don't know he can do it. I mean, listen, all LeBron tells you is that he's in age or he's in year 17. That's all LeBron tells you, right? I'm in year 17. And what that means is, yeah, sometimes this man's going to be run out of gas because if AD plays the way like he did, LeBron's going to have to step up, try to carry and drag the Lakers in. 
And, yo, he's battling some young guys, man. I mean, Butler's no slouch as a defender. I mean, you expect LeBron to consistently kill Jimmy Butler? That's tough, man. That's something only Kawhi can really do, to be honest. Um, and, you know, like, look, listen, like, LeBron's... He, I don't know if he he has that type of energy. I mean, he probably would, um, you know, if, if you know, uh, other guys can come with him. But he's not going to single-handedly win this. He's not going to single-handedly win this, man. And we saw in the fourth quarter the limitation. LeBron was tired, man. You couldn't hit the jumpers. All of them short iron, missing some free throws. You know, not getting to the rim as much, looking to pass more off the drive than looking to shoot. Like, you know. So look, the Lakers are gonna need AD to step up. Now, I I believe AD will step up uh, because he's already done it in the first you know two games of this series, and of course the rest of the playoffs so far. But at the same time, you know, you never know with some of these guys because there's just the Lakers are just carrying so many negatives players on their team. Like, yo, J.R. Smith is really gonna play five minutes? Like, not even as a joke. Like, J.R. Smith is really gonna come in and play five minutes. Okay, all right. And then they're like, okay, we have all these centers. Well, we're gonna abandon those centers immediately because we don't believe in them. Right? They've they've shown it many times. They they abandon their centers against the Rockets. They abandon them against the Portland Trailblazers. Now they're abandoning them again against the Heat. Only really had Dwight play against uh, Jokic and the Nuggets. You know, they're very quick to pull the centers. And if they're willing to downsize and if AD's not punishing them, then it's a very, very different series. And I, I feel, honestly, like, <laughs> everyone's rooting for the Heat, right? Like, we're all rooting for the Heat, right? Because, like, listen, like, it, everyone loves the underdog. You know, they fought so hard. They're already a really great story to this point. But if they, listen, if they could take another game off the Lakers, it is game on. It is absolutely game on. But, um, yeah, I, I realistically, I do expect the Lakers to come back with a stronger effort. But listen, man, he did a lot of good stuff. And, again, it's really just come down to AD. If he's going to play physical, if he's going to be aggressive, if he's going to assert himself, if he's going to you know run early for post position, seal his man, actually put Jay Crowder on his back, get the ball, score, crashing for offensive rebounds, block shots, all this other stuff that you know AD can do, then, yeah, he kind of have no answers. But... If he doesn't and he plays soft like he did today, well, you know, this is this this stuff can happen because again, it allows Miami to go small, it allows the floor to be space, it allows Jimmy Butler to be in the game, and it allows some of these shooters to be in the game, Kelly Olnick and the likes. And yeah, again, you just can't expect LeBron to give you like fifty, ten, and ten, like you know, like this. Again, he keeps telling you, man, year seventeen. Listen, he looked like year seventeen tonight with those two travels in the fourth quarter, and the fact that this man had to go to the showers early. Because uh, Jimmy Butler sent him home, so it's uh, it's interesting. And listen, as as neutral fans, this is the best game of the final so far. I mean, it, it just adds so much more intrigue because no one wants to see the Lakers up double digits for the entire second half in two straight games. Like that that looks really bad. And so I think it's more entertaining this way. Uh, in terms of your three stars, obviously the first star is Jimmy Butler, forty points, eleven rebounds, thirteen assists, two steals, two blocks. 45 minutes, 14 of 20 from the field, 12 of 14, a plus 20. Do you realize what that means? So the Heat only won by 11 points, and he was a plus 20, which means that in the three minutes that Jimmy Butler sat, only three minutes, the the Lakers outscored them by nine points, okay? So Jimmy Butler had to play 45 minutes, and he was exhausted, but he guarded LeBron. He did all this sensational performance with Jimmy Butler, man. This is, again... Big face coffee, you know, well worth 20 bucks. Whatever Jimmy Butler's drinking, I want to drink too. Um, in terms of your second star, I'm going to give that to, honestly, I'm going to give it to Kelly Olenek, man. This guy played a good game. 
not even just Jordan Henderson, man. I think he honestly played a really good game. 17 points, 7 rebounds, an assist, 2 steals, 5 and 9 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Consistently, as a pick and roll partner for Jimmy Butler, he was able to get open. He was able to capitalize. And again, this man played better than Anthony Davis. He outplayed Anthony Davis on the NBA final stage. I, you know... That's if if that's not a Canadian heritage moment, I don't know what is. But but honestly, Kelly's a very skilled offensive player. He knows what he's doing. The dribble handoff stuff, he can kind of imitate a lot of that that Bam does. Because honestly, Olenek was doing that before Bam even was. I mean, Olenek was doing that with the the Celtics back in the day. Um, he's a very versatile player. Um, he's crafty. He knows how to flop to draw charges. And I don't mean that in the slanderous way. Like that's an actual valuable skill. He put the third foul on AD early on, took him out of the game. Um, and, yeah, you know, he played great. So, he's going to get the second star for me. And then the third star, I might have to give that to Markeith Morris, man. Because, honestly, I wasn't, I didn't think Markeith would score 19 points in the series, let alone 19 in this game. Uh, the threes that he was hitting, I mean, he was giving the Lakers more hope down the stretch uh, than any other Laker in terms of him hitting threes. So, um, yeah, you got to hand it to him, man. I mean, again, I just, I, I, I didn't think he had this in him still. But, um, good game from... Uh, from Markeith. Uh, so those are your three stars. Jimmy Butler, Kelly Olnick, and Markeith Morris. Wow, what a weird game. In terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, um, that might, honestly, that might have to go to Jay Crowder for his defense. 12 points, 8 rebounds, and assists, plus 21. Guarded the hell out of Anthony Davis. Was so physical. Again, he's giving up so much size. And I don't think I've ever given a Gerald Henderson award for defense, but he deserves the man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, you wouldn't expect him to to actually win that matchup, and he did. So, uh, giving a lot of credit to Jay Crowder in this one. Uh, and then in your Patrick Patterson award winner, that's got to go to Anthony Davis, and I'm and I really really mean that. I mean, Anthony Davis was shocking tonight. It was unbelievable how how invisible he was, and you know. It's, uh, I mean, I expect him to play better, but, you know, for now, he's, he's, he's the pat-pat of, of this series, of this, of this game, man. I mean, it, it, you know, it's inexplicable. But again, the story should be Jimmy. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Oh, Jimmy Butler was sensational, man. Um, 40-11-13. That's an all-time great line in the finals. And especially considering the circumstances. No Bam. No Dragic for him to put the team on his back. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. And Jimmy Butler, man. So, um, yeah. I'm interested. I'm really interested in this playoffs now. I'm really, really interested. Because the finals are going a really bad way. I would have really hated it for Lakers to go on and sweep. Um, I know I was making a lot of jokes about how all oh, the Heat got to play with pride. I mean, this is how you play with pride. This is how every single Raptor fan was wishing for. You know what I mean? Every single Raptor fan against LeBron in those sweeps was like, all right, just for one of those games, please, Kyle, DeMar, just do something like Jimmy did. They never did. Let's be honest. They never did. So, um, yeah, they played for pride. Like, damn. You know? So... Um, obviously, it's still a huge, huge mountain for the Heat to climb, especially in their injured state. But this got to give them so much hope and confidence. And honestly, they just deserve it. They've played a great playoff so far. They they, they don't deserve to lose just basically on injuries. And it's amazing what Jimmy Butler did tonight. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll be back next week uh, with another episode of the Raptors Everything podcast. That's more Raptors focus. I'll be doing more of these reaction podcasts. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show, please. Um, it still really is important to do that um, because my ego depends on it. So um, do that. But seriously, thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to game four. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.